podcast, No Trash, Just Truth. We're your hosts and co-founders of Proverbs 910 Ministries, Chris Paxson and Rose Spiller. You know, there's no doubt this is a tough time for everyone. The coronavirus has turned everyone's life upside down. It sure has. We've never seen anything like it. And we've both seen lots of Christian articles that have been floating around about COVID-19 virus. And I'll say there are a lot of great ideas out there about how to help others during this time and for Christians ways to show the love of Christ right now. There are a lot of great ideas out there. But you know, I've also seen some other stuff out there that's been prompted by this. I've seen things on social media about conspiracy theories, people thinking this is God's punishment or that this is the end of the world. Yeah, because they think it fulfills some type of prophecy. Yeah. And there's also been people disobeying government regulations. You know, we've all seen those pictures of the kids down at spring break in Florida. But some of the people who are disobeying are Christians. Yeah, and some of those are doing it because they believe that being a Christian means you can't get the virus. Or some claim that they're going to get healing if they do get it because of the blood of Jesus. Oh, I've seen that too. So let's talk about some of this stuff, Chris. Is there anything in particular that bothers you or anything you want to say about what's been happening in the last several weeks? Well, if I have to be honest, Rose, to answer your question, I have to say that when the government started shutting down businesses, I was mad. It's been really, really frustrating to me to see a great economy be wiped out by the actions that were taken. I've really had to repent about it, and I've had to really, really repent and pray and ask forgiveness to get where I'm at now. I get it. And Chris, I know you're a strong Christian, and I know you know truth. So how did you get to the point that the economics of this bothered you so much? Well, you're you're right. I do consider myself a strong Christian. You know, nothing worries me much, and I do know the truth of God's Word. But at the beginning of this, the facts that were being reported about it For example, the fact that it wasn't deadly to most people unless they were older or had some other health problems didn't warrant, in my opinion, trying to sequester anyone except those people. The entire shutdown just didn't make sense to me. And as you know, I do lean towards being somewhat of a conspiracy theorist in some ways. Maybe I read too many science fiction books or I've seen too many sci-fi movies, I don't know. But what was happening inside of me was frustration. And what was coming out of my mouth were words like, this is ridiculous. I was right there with you, as you know. Yeah, you do know, Rose. And I hate to say this, but I had a lot of frustration and anger. I had to deal with it because I knew that it was sinful. I had to confront my sin. And I had to say that even if some parts or even all of the ideas I had about what was really going on were true, I shouldn't be angry. I know the truth. What is the truth? That God is totally in control, no matter what. Exactly. And you know what? Even if things didn't have to be taken to this extreme, or even if this is some sort of conspiracy, or even if this is a diabolical plot that was intentionally caused, God is still in control. Totally. And so I had to wrestle with the honest truth about myself, and that was that I didn't like what was happening for selfish reasons, at least partly. I mean, at least partly because I do truly care about my friends who have businesses and might lose them and things like that. But I was mad for selfish reasons a lot. And when it comes right down to it, I know that God has his reasons for this. So I was really conflicted. And I know from talking to you, you're in a much better place now. So what did you do to get there? 
I prayed and I repented over and over. And I'm still doing it if some of those same thoughts try to creep in. And I asked God to help me get to a better place. And you know, Rose, one of the things I had to do, <clears throat> I've had to do this before one time, was I have to make sure that I don't have the news on for a good part of the day. Certainly have it on for the you know, president's briefings and enough to keep abreast of what's going on and to know the important things that I need to know. But I had to do that. I had to turn those things off and turn other things on to help me get over my whining, my mental foot stopping. I was like a mental foot stomping little kid. That's what I was like inside. And instead of doing that, I needed to keep on doing whatever it was that God has for me to do, which includes being thankful. That is some good suggestions. So are you thankful? I'm not angry anymore, so I'm thankful for that. And whatever the earthly reality of this virus is, whether whatever's happening doesn't make total sense to us because we're not being told all the facts because it might cause some panic to happen, or if there really is some kind of conspiracy going on or whatever, it is what it is. Like I said before, God is in control and using it to work out his redemptive plan. And I have a lot to be thankful for. My neighbor is home at times that we've been able to walk together after years of not being able to. I hate it for their family. I hate it because they have a business and they might lose it. But I'm thankful for her and I'm thankful for getting to see her more again. You know, Chris, it's so amazing when you get rid of all the sinful crap in your life and in your, in your head and in your heart. It's amazing how you're able to see God working, even in little things like walking with your neighbor. Yep. And you're right. It's in the head and your heart. And there are other things. My husband and I have been trying to make decisions about some home projects and we were kind of dragging our feet trying to decide what to do. But now I'm thankful that we didn't put any money out for it at this point. Yeah, that is a good example. And I have one too. As you know, we travel around the country and live in an RV full time so we can spend time with all four of our kids and grandkids who are spread out. We were currently in Georgia and now we're unable to leave. But this is a blessing because our other three kids are either home with their children or they're okay on their own. The daughter in Georgia, though, is a nurse at the Army Hospital, and so she has to work and she needs us to care for her two boys. So at this time, this is exactly where we need to be. So it seems like we've both seen God's blessings in some tangible ways. Yep, even at a time like this. But like we said... For me, it took getting rid of all that other crap in my head and my heart before I could actually see it. And we say this pretty often, but it's always good to remind people and ourselves that God is sovereign and he is providentially working out his redemption plan. Proverbs 16.9 says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Exactly. What we're saying is that God is not surprised at this. God is totally in control of this. And it is part of his redemptive plan of history. Isaiah 46.10 tells us God's purpose will be established and he will accomplish all he pleases. Right. And we know that God is completely good. Scripture tells us that over and over again. And we know that all the things he does are holy. Psalm 77.13 says, Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. For a Christian, that's probably one of the most important things to remember. God is completely in control. He wasn't caught off guard by this virus. In fact, he's already on the other side of it. He's not surprised by what we're being told or not being told. He knows the truth from fiction, and he's using it all for his purposes, even though we don't know what they are yet. 
And like you said, Chris, we know that he is good and holy in all that he does. So we absolutely should trust him. Yeah, that's totally right, Rose. We have to remind ourselves of that over and over. But every single bit of what you said is true. So when Christians find themselves feeling frustrated, they should do what you did and repent. Because ultimately, the only way we'll see God working through this, even if it's just in the little things, is to get rid of all that sinful garbage we're carrying around. Right. He's in control. And we all know that, or at least we should know that. So we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. He tells us that in Romans 8. And even though it doesn't feel like earthly good, maybe especially not right now, you know, Chris, you mentioned the financial impacts this is going to have on people, and that's huge. People are legitimately scared about their financial future, and maybe for good reason. Will they be able to provide for their families? Will they lose their homes? Will they lose their businesses? Yeah, these are definitely uncertain times. Our financial outlook is talked about in the Bible, and Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. That is such a comforting verse any time in life, but especially now. And, you know, another way to alleviate our fear is to help other people out. Nothing's better than getting your mind off your own problems than helping someone else. So find practical ways to serve others. You know, the rules of social engagement are changing daily, so we can't really give advice on what to do. And it may take some thought and creativity as to how we can help others out, but do it. And you know what? We're all going to get through this. Right. Let's face it. It's a struggle to deal with for sure, and it's going to continue to be for a while, I think. The only answer we have to not being frustrated and worried is the answer we've given already, and that's to trust the Lord. And ask God to help you trust Him more because there's some tough times coming for lots of people, Christians and non-Christians alike. We've said this before about other things, but you know, I can't imagine what it would be like to think that you're completely on your own or that you're totally at the mercy of the government bailing you out in some way, or maybe not bailing you out. In other words, like I can't imagine going through this without God. You know, Rose, I can't either, but Christians are noticed at times like this. And it's not God glorifying to be worrying and fretting or being mad like I was. Like I said, I haven't been worrying or fretting, but I have to say, and I hate to say, that I haven't done a great job of not showing my frustration. As I said, I've had to ask forgiveness for quite a bit of that. You know, one thing, Chris, is that this virus could give us a really good opportunity to share the gospel message with non-believers. Like you said, believers should be staying calm amidst the crazy around us. Because there are a lot of people with no hope. The things that have happened over the last few weeks and the thought of what could still happen is terrifying to some people, especially unbelievers who have no hope of God. They need to hear the hope of the gospel. That's a great point to make, Rose. And we can pray for our friends who don't know Christ as their Savior. We can pray for them to have their hearts opened by God to receive the gospel message. And we should pray for opportunities to witness the gospel. Absolutely. 
And, you know, Chris, we mentioned at the beginning, but there's a lot of talk, even amongst Christians, that this is the beginning of the end, so to speak. Well, the truth of the matter is, this could be the beginning of the end, as you said. However, people have thought that the end was imminent over and over again throughout history. The truth is, we've been in the end times ever since Jesus ascended. Right. The end times extend from when Jesus ascended into heaven right before Pentecost to his second coming. So for over 2,000 years, we've been in the end times. And you know, Chris, there's a lot of people who look at the book of Revelation and try to figure out the quote-unquote signs of the times. They look at symbolism and they try to match it up with current events. But people have gotten that really, really wrong in the past. Mm, They have. They, They have. And no matter whether you believe Revelation should even be interpreted that way or not, the bottom line is that we have to remember what Jesus said. He said, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the son of man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware that the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the son of man. Exactly. And that's why we've got to know him as our savior. Because Jesus is coming back at an hour that we do not expect. And I have to say another thing. We're not the first country in history to have things changed drastically. Rose, something else I want to talk about that I've seen Christians posting about is that the coronavirus can't touch Christians or that we can get anointed oil and put it on ourselves, our houses, and our neighborhoods or that we should claim protection that they say is offered in passages like Psalm 91. I even saw some preaching on that. Uh, Well, we are going to deal with the name it and claim it stuff in another episode soon, as well as that whole anointed oil things and hoaxes. But Christians need to realize that believers can and do get the virus. To think differently starts with that age-old belief that all bad things, from our earthly perspective, come from Satan. And Chris, you know, that's just not true. You're right. It's not true. And it's not true that Christians are immune to this virus. So don't think you're a Christian. You can just go out and do whatever. Uh, And, you know, you mentioned conspiracy theories. And I will say that I was blaming a certain political party saying that they're doing it for a whole host of reasons that I don't even want to get into because it's all sinful crap, like you said. Yeah, you're not the only one. At first, it did seem like that made sense. As we realized it became a worldwide problem, it didn't exactly make sense anymore. But seriously, there's a lot of partisan political stuff, as usual, floating around about the virus. Yeah, well, again, as Christians, we need to let the blame game go and trust God because ultimately, he's in charge. And all of our blaming just shows that we have a lack of trust, that he's good and that he's doing something good for his people. Even if that good is for our spiritual growth, and it really hurts right now. Well, speaking of the political system in the United States, I've seen this famous passage in 2 Chronicles 7 floating around too. The one that says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's being thrown around a lot again in memes and all kinds of stuff. So, Rose, why don't you just say what you'd have to say to that? That Second Chronicles line gets used for all kinds of things and sayings. It's even a song. I don't know if you've ever heard it. There's a group, and I can't remember their name, but they did a whole song on that verse. Now, 
I never heard yeah, it. It's, it's not a very good song, but um, in effect, what they're saying is that we have the coronavirus in this country, the United States, because God is humbling us, disciplining us, maybe because of legalized abortion or because we took prayer out of schools, anything like that. And that he's trying to get us to turn back to him as a nation. Chris, this is totally out of context. You're right. It is. And it's used whenever bad things are happening in the United States. And that verse, like you said, is stated as if it's a discipline for those reasons. And in a way, we are living under God's judgment ever since the fall, when the curse of death he promised to Adam and Eve for disobedience came into the world. But the point I'm trying to make is that America is not God's country, quote unquote, or God's nation, like Israel was when you're talking about this passage. The fact is that this verse from Second Chronicles isn't talking about America or any kind of national identity at all. And it's not talking about healing at all. This verse was written to a specific people, the people of God, who were coming home from exile in Babylon where they'd been enslaved by a foreign power. They needed to be reminded of who they were, who God was, and what he'd promised to do. When God said to them, if my people who are called by my name, he was specifically pointing them back to the covenant that he made with their forefather Abraham. God told Abraham that his descendants would be his people. That's what my people means. They're God's people. They're not a national group based on a geographical location. And God was reminding them that no matter what, nothing can change. He has a future for his people. Exactly. And if we take this text and apply it to the United States or any other country, we're saying in effect that our citizenship as Americans is the foundation of the covenant God has made with us. America, like I said, are not God's people. Some of them are, but not the nation or any other nation. If we say that, we're in essence misinterpreting scripture and taking Christ right out of the picture. Absolutely. And even the nation of Israel wasn't God's people. It was just a remnant of the people of Israel. Right. And Chris, there will be a time when God is no longer going to put up with this sinful world. So we should remember that. And rather than trying to figure out if this is the end times, we should be getting his message. That's a sobering thought. He may be trying to get people's attention now, but one day there won't be any of that going on because Jesus will be back. Exactly. So... Chris, let's talk about what we should do as Christians during this whole time of uncertainty as we continue to deal with this virus. Well, I'd say, first of all, that Christians should be praying. We should pray for each other. We should pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. And we should pray for opportunities to witness, like we said earlier, and pray that our family and friends who don't know the Lord would be saved. And we should pray for forgiveness for not glorifying God in the midst of this when we do things like I was doing. And what would you say about worrying, Rose? I'd say my two favorite verses about worry are 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Those are my go-to verses too, Rose. We've seen a lot of practical ideas people are putting out there for Christians to show love to others. And like we said, some of those are kind of taken away by some of the new rules being put in place about the number of people who can be together or which businesses can be opened or things like that, at least in some areas. 
but we have to try to do something. And even when we can't practically help in some way, listening, being a shoulder to cry on, and asking someone if you can pray with them is always a good thing to do. Great ideas. And it should go without saying that God's people should not be spreading fear. Uh, Amen to that. We're supposed to be giving the message of hope. We are. And that's something I pray that we all do as we go through this strange time. You know, Chris, that's probably a good place to end today. If you have any questions or comments or feedback about today's episode, or there's anything we can pray for you about, please leave us a message on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, or give us a message on our website, Proverbs910Ministries.com. We hope this episode has not only made you think about what you can do to help others, but Rose and I hope that sharing our feelings and some of the struggles that we've had over the last few weeks helps those of you who might be feeling the same way or those of you who feel discouraged about this situation. We do. And remember, God is sovereign. He isn't surprised about anything. And he's using all this stuff, no matter how horrible it seems to us, to work out his redemptive plan of history. And he's good. He's always good. Amen to that. Have a blessed day, everybody.